You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hi, welcome to episode 113 with David Weaver, the president and founder of Franchise Your Freedom. David is a franchising expert with over 11 years of experience helping entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs become business owners and make an impact on their communities. David is also a franchise consultant with FrankChoice, an organization that provides a free franchise consulting service to individuals considering franchise ownership. So as I am sure you guessed, and if you want to know everything about franchising, I have the expert, so stay tuned. It's time for a short announcement. Over the years, I've learned three critical things about entrepreneurship. One, being an entrepreneur is a calling. Two, entrepreneurship is a mindset. And three, the biggest risk you face as an entrepreneur is becoming the bottleneck in your business. When you're the bottleneck, you're stuck. And when you're stuck, your business is stuck. So if it happens, you need to A, work on your mindset and make sure it's back into the right place and B, implement specific tactics to get unstuck. In my new ebook, I share eight of those tactics which will help you unlock situations and strive as an entrepreneur. Watch out, it's not just another ebook. It's based on hundreds of conversations with entrepreneurs, on my podcast with my clients and peers. It contains 8,055 words over 38 pages. Each tactic comes with a set of practical tips or exercises so you can immediately apply the tactic into your business. Grab your copy of my free ebook, 8 Tactics to Strive as an Entrepreneur, on my website. You will find the link in the show notes. And now let's go back to the episode. Hi, David. Thank you very much for joining me. Hi, Lauren. Glad to be here. Great. So like I said, it's all about franchise today. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, I would say my, um, I'm going to just go back not too far, but sure. um, foundational uh, decade. And then I want, I, I'll explain kind of the last decade and then going forward. So um, how did I become a franchise expert? It's really two parts. Um, I grew up in, in an entrepreneurial family. Both of my parents owned businesses. My father had a uh, heavy manufacturing. We had a foundry. We made uh, melted uh, metal down and made car parts. So wow. engine parts and intake manifolds and water pumps and stuff like that. Um, so I my first job, he sold that bigger business and bought a retirement business um, that I worked in. Uh, in Detroit, Michigan, we made robotics parts. So there was two foundries in, in my history. Um, I call that my real life MBA. Uh, that's where I was running the foundry day to day, welding castings that were screwed up or melting metal, making deliveries. 
that's where I implemented ISO 9000 and I learned systems, the value right. of having systems in a business. Um, the short story is prior to that, we were doing about, uh, and this also was in the 2000 timeframe. So 2000 to 2003, it took me two to three years to implement systems. And once I did, the business was much easier to run and it didn't rely on me as the, the, the manager, the, you know, vice president was really my title, but who cares um, to, to run the business. I knew what was going on without being on the shop floor. And, and that was really a major aha. Um, I left the family business. I wanted to raise my, my kids in the, in the mountains of Colorado rather than, Detroit, Michigan. Um, and so that's what I did. I was in mm -hmm. Detroit or in Colorado prior to move to Detroit, then moved back to Colorado. Getting to Colorado, I worked for a non-bank lender and I, I basically underwrote loans for franchise brands, for franchisees, not using the SBA government-backed guarantee. So when you met, mar marry those two experiences together, I learned a lot about financials and, and union economics, um, mm -hmm. which is what we call, um, you know, the, how do we refer to the financial aspects of a different franchise? Um, and I really learned the value of systems. And so um, the financial crash of 2008, 2009 pushed me out of my co comfortable um, corporate job. I had enough with, with uh, working for somebody else. So I bought a bar on Duse campus and I started my franchise consulting business. Um, right. And and let's just say the bar, the bar was a bad idea. Bars and restaurants are, <laughs> you, you can make money in that. I don't want to offend anybody, but um, they're difficult to run. Um, yeah. Lots of moving parts. Um, and so that was a short-lived venture, lost money. Um, but the franchise consulting has been a blast. I'll do this for the next 20 years. So that's sort of um, what I do today, invest in franchise assets and real estate. Uh, back in 2013 to 2017, my wife and I owned uh, several locations of Elements Massage. While I was doing the franchise consulting, uh, we also invest in real estate. Um, and I'm currently invested in a pet franchise in California. So um, that's kind of my, my journey is building with entrepreneurial financial background. Um, I'm a huge fan of franchising because systems mm -hmm. drive scale and, uh, and, and also pulls you out of the business, right. Yeah. As the entrepreneur, as the owner. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that. I think the number one franchise brand in the world is McDonald's, isn't it? Uh, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. definitely. What are, what are the other, uh, just for curiosity, what are the other, you know, big, franchise brands in the world oh my gosh um i mean there's four thousand companies selling franchises in the united right. states united states just in the united states four thousand wow yes four thousand different brands so if you want to know like big global brands they're the ones that you've you've all seen right mm. so you know it's it's kfc mcdonald's subway subway probably has the most locations um and and those numbers always change um, you know, so big brand recognition names, Dunkin' Donuts, those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, in terms of global brands, like, um, you know, some grow up and then, and then private equity buys them out and they, and they go away. Like Curves was like the eighth largest 
franchise globally um and they had about a 15 year run and and i don't know where they are anymore you know what i mean right. so um it's like largest and and with the one with the most longevity might be two different things mm. okay got you so what is the franchising model what what does it work so well um so my personal opinion through my experience is franchising is ISO 9000 quality control process for small business. That's really what franchising does for people. Um, and, and that's through my own lens, right? Because it took me so long to get that implemented and working right. Mm. What, you're, what you're buying with a franchise is all of those systems and structure already figured out and put in place. And, and you plug it into and build your business against a system from day one so that you don't go through all of that learning curve that takes a long time to uh, to to figure out. And so that to me is what you're buying when you're buying a franchise. Right, but it's not as simple as, you know, plug and play like on a computer, is it? Uh, I think um, all business is pretty tough. And, <laughs> and you, you know, in, in some of your um, content, you talk about grit. I think franchisees have to have grit too, right? right. I mean- it's persistence, consistency. You got to build a team. I mean, really in franchising and entrepreneurship, you really as the owner need to do two things and two things. Well, you have to find and attract quality customers and get them to want to come back over and over again. Mm. And you have to find and attract quality employees that do a good job that drive that customer experience. Right. So if you can find and and I'm not a believer that the customer is always right and all customers are great. I mean, having owned seven different businesses, operating businesses, um, some customers are not great. And so you have to weed them out and you have to attract the ones that you want that drive profitability, right? Yeah. And, the you know, I had a business partner in the bar that owned a, a bunch of pizza concepts, right? And so a lot of people want a free pizza. And they'll do all <laughs> kinds of crazy things to get a free piece. That's not a good customer. And we we owned a massage uh, franchise. And there's a lot of people that just want a free massage. That yeah. wasn't good. I didn't like it. Okay, well, what didn't you like about it? And I'll, I'll put you with a different therapist and give you a free massage. Oh, I don't know. I just want another one. Mm. And then I want another one, right? So that's what I mean. Find and attract good customers that are profitable customers and find and attract good employees. And, and your life becomes much easier. Right, right. So let's say let's say I have the choice. You know, I want to invest in a franchise. Well, I have the possibility to invest in a franchise. But I have the possibility to start from scratch, something from scratch. Yeah. I am sure you will recommend to go and invest in a franchise, but then I want to know why. Great question. Um, so if you want to get to cash flow profitability quickly, franchise. If you want to um, build a business that doesn't require you to be in the business all the time, definitely go franchise. If mm. you want to have a business that scales into one location, two, three, four, five locations, definitely go franchise. If you're the type of person that it's really important that the website is just right and you, you get to design things and you like the creative journey of putting your thumbprint on all aspects of the business, don't do a franchise. Be the entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I heard you say is entrepreneurship is all or nothing, right? Or something similar to that. You're either built like an entrepreneur or you're not. And, yeah, it's and a I totally, that's what I said, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and there's nothing in between. So I totally agree with you, but I think that what's in between that. So this is how I would phrase it as it relates to franchising people. And, and I've been doing franchise consulting for over 10 years. Right. So what I've learned is people are either employees, mm-hmm. which really means they just don't have the risk tolerance to take the step. Right. Um, or they are entrepreneurs they they have a lot of risk tolerance, but they also don't appreciate the structure that a franchise brings to the table. A franchisee is in between, right? And a franchisee is in between an employee and a, a you know corporate executive. They understand and appreciate the structure, but they no longer want or need somebody. They don't want to ask for permission anymore. They don't need anybody to tell them what to do. They understand P&L responsibility. They understand how to build and manage teams. Um, But they do appreciate the structure that the franchise brings, and they just want to execute. The entrepreneur wants to create. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between franchise and entrepreneur. If you have the need to create, you're going to be frustrated as a franchisee. And I tell people, don't do it. Don't Mm. become a franchise. So my role as a consultant is not to create as many franchise owners as I can. It's to educate people, um, to educate buyers. And most of the time I'm, I'm actually working with people that are looking at buying an existing business or starting a franchise from scratch. Um, because the folks that I'm working with are typically, you know, exiting corporate America, want to exit corporate America, et cetera. Um, or the corporate job, I, you, you, we've got a global um, audience here. So um, I think that's really the difference is is that creative thumbprint that the entrepreneur, that's what drives the entrepreneur and keeps them interested, right? Because entrepreneurs are um, bright, shiny object and I call it squirrel. squirrel oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Let's go try <laughs> that, right? A franchisee doesn't want to try that. They just want to understand what the data is and what a really good decision is, and they want to do that. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It does. And to be and to be fair with you, and I'm I'm really glad that you are quoting me. Uh, to be yeah. to be fair w- with you, I have talked to franchisers, so people, entrepreneurs who set up franchise franchise uh, model and yeah. sell it, sell to others. But I've never talked to franchise owners. <laughs> Excellent. So so you got a point. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that want to franchise their concept, right? Hey, you're a right, franchise yeah. expert. How do I do it? Uh, the very first thing that I say, I ask two, ba- two main questions. What's the reason that you want to franchise? Mm. And, and if the, it, for me, this is a value uh, values and, and sort of um, integrity question S- because I've learned some people franchise because they want to maximize other people's capital and they want scale, but they don't want to do it. Hmm. I think that is a bad reason to want to be a franchisor. Other people want, um, they want scale and and they want to um, create business owners. They want to change people's lives. They want to share a really excellent, profitable business model uh, with other people. And, and they want to create consistent, predictable revenue for themselves in mm. this royalty stream. Those are all the right reasons to be a franchisor, right? The, the second thing that I want them to understand is your operating business, whatever the business is that you want to franchise, is a completely separate business than the franchise business. Selling yeah. franchises is a complete, selling and supporting franchisees 
completely separate business. So are you prepared to build a completely business next to it? Because it doesn't, for most entrepreneurs, it seems like just like another project and it's not, it is a 10 year build a business from scratch as a franchisor. Um, and, and so I've seen it multiple times and, and helped a lot of brands build. Um, it's super fun. It's a total blast watching these, the success of all these people coming together. It's, it's cool. Yeah. I had, I had a client and we were talking, we were looking at his, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, franchise, franchise model. And so I did a lot of research about franchise franchising and how to, how to develop a franchise business. And I realized that, like you said, it's a complete different, uh, different uh, beast. It's, it's a lot about service, servicing your clients who are the franchise owners. Correct. So, not so you're not talking to uh, you and you're not talking to end users anymore you're talking to those guys who will, who will sell to the end to the end users and they are your clients and what you do is delivering services for them all the time is that is that good the core of it that is the core of it yes yeah. you have to find and attract good franchisees and you have to know what the good franchisee looks like right so just like finding and attracting a customer and then you have to support that franchisee and as as sort of um, in you know inside language is you got to raise the kids right as the mm. franchisor you got to raise the kids you got to teach you know corporate executives what it's like to run and build build a small business um, which is not easy right so you have to deliver services like you know digital marketing and social media content and website yeah. building all of that is created for the franchisee and delivered to them and they point and click and execute the all of that stuff well any entrepreneur knows that's that's not easy to do it takes a long time to develop you you have to do a lot of testing and and managing what's working what's not working um you know, if you deliver a bunch of content to franchisees that's not working, they're, you're going to know right away. Right? They're going to tell you it's not <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, so, you know, it's it's um, it's not easy to be a successful franchisor. Um, so, yeah, I believe you. So, how can you make money as a franchisor? Oh, uh, through all of the channels, right? Mm -hmm. So, you, you um, typically franchisors, a, a misconception is that franchisors make a bunch of money on their franchise fee. Um, they really don't. That's just all sort of front loaded activity that needs to happen. Um, good franchisors are building a royalty stream business, mm -hmm. and that's where they're making their money. Um, but there are also a lot of different fees and those fees should be to cover, cover costs like the social media stuff, the technology platform, they're, they're going to be charging the franchise owners, um, monthly fees to cover building that infrastructure. Now, the value in that, just like creating net worth, right? Equity in your company, as your franchisees are paying for this custom software technology backbone that you're building, that adds value to your company as the franchisor, right? And so you get a bigger multiple as a franchisor, um, largely because of the royalty income, that consistent, predictable um, royalty income. A lot of a lot of private equity companies like that. Hmm. All right. So one last question about uh, the franchising uh, business model. It's more. It's more about you know. Is there what sectors would you recommend today? either to buy a franchise or to, you know, create a franchise business? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, you So 
you gotta you have to stay in tune to where is the customer buying hmm. the consumer where are they spending money right so uh before covid i i i would say 2008 17 18 19 um it was it was the sort of sexy businesses that are cool like think of fitness and food healthy food and fitness and things like that um and and then you know covid came through the entire globe and nobody was going anywhere so they weren't spending money on things like vacations and going to restaurants and things like that so all that money shifted in the us anyway shifted into home projects so the non sexy business became the the best business to have like painting and gutters and putting flooring and decorating and things like that. So lots of franchises in that particular space. Um, now coming out of COVID, the, the consumers really focused more on experiences, um, tutoring their kids. Like this is all U.S. Uh, consumer. Um, the U.S. consumer, this is my opinion also, doesn't trust the school system to teach their kid anymore. So mm -hmm. any kind of educational franchise are doing well. Um, they are, they don't really trust Western medicine anymore and they don't want to take uh, drugs. So there's a lot of focus on alternative wellness, right? All kinds of health and wellness. Um, we've all zoomed ourselves crazy. So lots of focus on med spa and looking pretty. Women are spending crazy money on looking good because of the you know social media posts and the videos and all that kind of stuff um and so whether you want to be a franchisor or you want to buy a franchisee you you really want to focus on uh consumer trends and also um you know where the the single unit economics do these businesses make money um another big segment is pet the yeah. the pet segment is going bonkers a lot of people got a dog for the first time during covid um there's a shift in focus for how we feed our dogs so people have increased their focus and awareness on the kind of food that we're putting in our bodies um and and that always translates there's a there's a trend if you look into the data um it's three to five years three to five years after a consumer trend happens it usually follows into the pet segment which I find um, pretty interesting. And so we're right in the middle of all of that. So the amount of money people are spending on dog food is remarkable in my mind. I grew up in, you know, rural Indiana on the farm, like you just fed a dog, whatever, yeah. uh, you know. So um, those would be the trends and the focus on what's going into 2023, 2024. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for, for, sh for sharing. Um, so let's focus a little bit on you now, the entrepreneur. What does what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur? Um, it means to me that I'm I'm proud that I'm unemployable. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know, and and I say that as as the economy softens, right? We've got a global economy that's softening right now, and and so um, there's always fear that goes around that, right? Like yeah. uh, the, everything's going to shift, so that that drives some anxiety. Um, and, and I would say every time I consider sort of get, doing the safety thing and going to get a paycheck, which doesn't happen anymore, but it, it does happen to entrepreneurs. Like maybe this isn't working, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm working really, really hard and it's just not working. Um, every entrepreneur business owner feels that, um, 
But to be an entrepreneur, you're unemployable. And what I mean by that is when I really look at myself in the mirror, there's absolutely no way I can get motivated to build anybody else's business. I can't. I, I just like, why would I do that? Right. Um, there's nothing. And I, and I say that coming off of my wife has a corporate job. So she, she ran these elements massage studios. Um, she kind of came to the realization that I don't like the, I don't like putting the money up. I don't like having a big bank loan, all of the too much risk when it's all said and done. Um, she went back to corporate America. She's very successful there. Um, President's club is, is kind of a big vacation where they, you know, that happens in corporate America and her company took us to Maui two weeks ago and it was great. I mean, I mean, that's, that is the, the brighter side of Sears over there on the corporate side of the world. Um, but I, I got to meet the leadership team and they're all super sharp people. It was a lot of fun having conversations, but at the end of the day, like those guys don't know anything. I don't already know those guys aren't doing anything that's really that special or different or unique as a business owner, you're tackling all those challenges all the time. And so I just, yeah, I would say that's my definition is I'm unemployable. It just <laughs> makes no sense to me why, why you would do that. Right. Yeah, no, it, it makes, it makes sense. It resonates with me definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the, the key lessons about entrepreneurship you have learned along the way? Um, man, there's so many. Um, be continuously learning. Right. So yeah, if you are an entrepreneur, you you just naturally have a, you, you want to learn how to do new things. Like I changed the alternator in the steering column or the, the um, steering pump on my truck just because I wanted to figure out how to do it. Like I, I'm no auto mechanic, but I was like, this can't be that hard, right? So- I figured it out, cost me like 50 bucks in parts. I only did it because I wanted to learn how to do it, right? Mm. So um, it's that kind of thing. You and I were talking before the show started about learning Finnish, right? Yeah. So um, it's just because you want to acquire that information. So continuously learning is a trait that I see in all entrepreneurs. Um, that customer acquisition thing is is probably critical. Speed to break even, getting past mm. break even for new businesses. I talk to my candidates all the time about that. So um, understanding how, like if you're starting a business from scratch, um, I really would encourage you to understand the length of time it's going to take to get that business cash flow positive before you start. Um, because that is that is the critical fulcrum for, if the business is going to succeed or not, right? Mm. If you run out of capital or you run out of juice, um, and and one of the things I share with my candidates, I'll share with you, is um, this comes across like a math equation. If you burn $10,000 a month and it's going to take you six months to nine months to break even, you should have about eighty dollars to $90,000 in working capital to stick in the business. Pretty straightforward math. No, nobody, you know, that's that's not the question. The question I'm asking is an emotional question. When are you going to be so concerned about burning cash that you're making money decisions, not business decisions? Mm. That's the the framework of time that we need to work within. Um, because like you said, it's a mindset game. It's a, it, it is a mental game running a business and people are really funny about money. Um, <laughs> people are funny. They, they have, right a strong emotional pull to that yeah. um 
And so that would be the biggest mindset thing that I would get people to focus on is how do you really feel about money? Mm. And people are funny about money in two different time periods. When there's not enough, I'm completely broke. People behave weird differently. Um, And they also behave really differently and weird when they have piles and piles of money. It's very interesting. And I've been in both shoes, right? I've been, I've had years where I've had very, very little. Um, And every entrepreneur that's listening has probably done this two or three times, right? So the other thing mindset is how does your spouse feel about this journey? Before you start, let's have that conversation because she feels a certain way about money too abundantly and scarcity wise right mm, yeah def- definitely it's good it's a good point and and in this in this world you know with the shark tanks and everything i'm concerned that too many startup funders now worship money too much and the only thing they see is you know to become a unicorn <laughs> which is <laughs> completely crazy because yes. it's not the reality One thing I love about Shark Tank is Mark Cuban will tear people down when they have this, what he calls the Silicon Valley um, something. He calls it something. Basically, Silicon Valley has ruined you. And what he means is this private equity mindset where, and and again, that's why I framed a good franchisor versus a bad franchisor. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're just building a franchise because you want a private equity exit with a bigger multiple, um, you're missing the entire point. Because you don't get that without helping people build solid businesses where they can change their lives. You have to do that first before you, you know, and that's my personal philosophy. Um, Of course, there are companies that have done it that, you know, don't really follow that, et cetera. Um, But yes, if if you're chasing the dollar, I think you're missing the point. If you have a mindset of helping others, franchising is, is where you should be. Um, and, and entrepreneurship is where it's at. If you love taking care of customers and you love building teams, you should be owning a business, get the hell out of corporate America. That's my personal opinion, right? Like you don't need corporate America anymore because you can change your life in three to five years. Mm. Um, and, and you really can, because it takes about that long to get a business to what I consider business maturity. In franchising, it's easier to see what that looks like uh, due to the the disclosure document and things like that. Um, but yes, I, I am a franchise consultant and I invest in franchise companies in real estate because I believe that is the way to create freedom and control in your life. It really is. Um, and so I, I just feel grateful that I get to help so many people see that, right? And that's really all I'm doing is getting you to believe in yourself to take the leap and leveraging the systems and structure that a franchise delivers. Um, and I am not the fran- the the person that says franchising is the end all be all. That's not true. It typically, in my experience, is the first business on the entrepreneurial journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like many entrepreneurs have two, three, four businesses before they're done. Um, I think franchising is a great avenue for someone's first business. It teaches you how to be a business owner with a little safety and security and structure and support from the franchisor. And then when you get that foundation, it's almost like that it's your real life MBA. Like that's, I had my real life MBA in the foundry. Um, that was tough. I don't want anybody to go through that experience because it was hard. Um, 
franchising is the same thing, but you get to pick all kinds of different industry segments, right? Do you love pets? Do you, do you really, are you passionate about tutoring kids? Do you, are you passionate about fitness? Like what direction do you want to go? We can go all kinds of places, right? Um, it's a blast. Yeah. Well, you, you very, you're very passionate when you are talking about it. I can see, I can see it. <laughs> I can see you having a blast. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, Thank you. Thank you for, for your time, David. Just one last question. How can people contact you? Um, D Weaver at franchise.com is my email. That is the most direct way. www.franchiseyourfreedom.com is my website. Um, lots of content on there. Lots of good research tools. Um, if you're interested in business ownership in general and or franchising. So D Weaver at franchise.com. Nice. And now I understand why you chose Franchise for Freedom, having, having you know, listened to you talk for the last 30 minutes. It makes sense. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. When I say, why do you want to buy a business or why do you want to own a franchise? I want some sort of freedom and control, right? Freedom of decision, control of my time. It's freedom and control always. Nice. Well, again, thank you very much, David, for your time. Thank you, Lawrence. Great thank being here. Thank you for listening. If you like this show, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform so you can help inspire more entrepreneurs. And don't forget, don't be the bottleneck in your business. See you next time. Bye-bye.